Thank you, Lord. Would you just take a few moments to pray for one person next to you that the Lord would bless them and speak to them in this time as we look into his word and read his word. Would you just pray for one person, please, either on your left or in your right, please. Lord, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Let your light, the light of your word, the understanding of your word shine brighter today as we read, meditate, uh, Lord, think and speak your word today to one another. Father, speak to us. And uh, Lord, your, the entrance of your word gives light, Lord, and gives wisdom to the one who is simple. Lord, we thank you that your word is life. And we pray that by the power of your spirit, Lord, that you would speak to every child over here. Lord, use me to be your voice, O oh God. We commit ourselves, we surrender ourselves to you. We commit this time into your hands. And we thank you that you are here, Lord, to bless your children, O oh God. We thank you. In Jesus' precious name we pray. And all God's people say... I want to begin by encouraging and reminding every one of us that you and me are a people of influence. Every one of us, by virtue of the fact that you are a child of God, you carry a precious, priceless, powerful influence within you. Would you just turn to somebody next to you, shake their hand and tell them, you are an influence. And I want to explain what that influence is in just a short time. But I want to begin by making a very important statement that probably most of us are aware of, and this is what it is, that the strength of your influence is directly proportional to the depth of your understanding of how God sees you. I'm going to say that again. The strength of your influence is directly proportional to the depth of your understanding of how God sees you. We're increasingly living, uh, sorry, we're living increasingly in a world that is getting very opinionated. Everyone has got opinions. And you have opinions about yourself. And there are people who have opinion about you. But I want to say this to you, you cannot afford to have an opinion about yourself. And you cannot afford to depend and live off the opinions of others about you. You must see yourself in the reality of how God sees you. And how God sees me. That is reality. So how God sees you, how God sees me, is to be our identity, 
It is to be our worth. And it is the place from where we live out our roles and responsibilities and how we even use our resources. And that is what will make us influential in the kingdom of God. How we use our resources. You know, what you purchase tells a lot about who you are. Where you purchase it from. How you use what you have. Speaks a lot of who you think you are. The kind of company you keep reveals who you think you are. And in more and more that we understand what God sees, how God sees me, what God thinks about me, begins to change the way I live out my role, live out my responsibilities, the way I respond to life and situations. It begins to change, and I become influential and a blessing in and through the kingdom of God. But here's the fact. Everyone has influence. Everyone. Whether the ones who know the Lord, the ones who don't know the Lord. Sociologists say that even an introvert can in his or her lifetime, on an average, influence about 10,000 people. I'm sure there's more hope for you and me as children of God. We all influence people around us. Intentionally, unintentionally. Now God expects us to be good stewards of that influence for his kingdom. He didn't give us influence for our selfish purposes. But so that we might bring forth his good news into this world. And through our lives, his life, his presence, his power, his glory would be ushered in wherever we are. Here's the question. What is that influence? What is the big deal about you and me? There is a big deal. We actually sang it in a song today. And that blessed me. And that is Jesus Christ in you, the hope of glory. (laughs) Christ in you. Christ in you. Jesus in you, the hope of glory. Would you just put your hand in your heart? Take a moment to just close your eyes and say, Christ in me, the hope of glory. Could you just say that aloud as you close your eyes? Put a hand on your heart and say that aloud, but with full meaning and with all your heart. Could you say that? Come on, here we go. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Amen. Could you say that once more, a little louder? Come on. Christ in me, the hope of glory. That's wonderful. That's the greatest thing. Christ in you. That this treasure is in jars of clay. And the love of the Father and the sacrifice of Jesus and the pursuing, relentless work of the Holy Spirit has made this possible. Now, in Jesus, there are two 
powerful roles that are blended into each of us. As a child of God, there are two powerful roles blended into you. You are a priest and you are a king. You are a priest and you are a king. Now, we should understand that not the way we have seen things in the world, priests in the world or kings of this world, but you need to see the way Jesus has modeled being the great high priest and the true king. And when we understand these roles and we begin to live out effectively these roles as a priest and as a king, we begin to fulfill God's purpose as an influencer on this earth. As a priest of God, you and I minister to God. We minister to Him on this earth. And through us, He ministers to people. In just a few precious moments, Rilin ministered to us powerfully. You know what was really happening? The Lord was ministering to us through her. That's the priest of God. But you are also a king. God wants his rule and reign to come through you into this world. And so you rule on this earth on his behalf. He's the king of kings. You are the kings. And so a kingdom builder is someone who effectively lives out both these roles and reigns and brings in the kingdom of God through his and her life. So without elaborating, I quickly want to just give you, without elaborating, because I want to elaborate something else. A kingdom builder is one who has a great purpose to live for. Let me remind you and encourage you, my dear beloved, that you have a great purpose to live for. And it's more than making sure that you have good food on the table. It's more than branded clothing. And it's more than having a lavish home. So it can all include all of those. It's really that's secondary, maybe tertiary. But there is a great purpose that you are called to live for. Great purpose. And a kingdom person and a kingdom builder never forgets that. Will constantly remind himself and herself that I have a great purpose to live for. And that is to make Jesus known through my life. It's to rescue people for eternity. And I have a great commitment therefore to the commission and the mandate of God. And to the great command. Secondly, kingdom people have great principles to live by. You see, kingdom people think differently. The source of their wisdom is not from the world. The source of their wisdom is from the word of God. They respond to life. They respond to situations. They respond to challenges differently. Because they think differently. They think like the Lord thinks increasingly. And so kingdom principles are primary. They're constantly pursuing how would Jesus want me to respond to the situation? 
they don't sum up a challenge by saying, hey, but I'm, I want to do it this way, you know, or uh, am I not human? No, they don't, they don't make a claim to be merely human. They remind themselves that they're children of God. <laughs> they're ambassadors of Christ. And there is this immense responsibility on them that in a situation, whether it's good or bad, they have a responsibility to make Jesus visible in that situation. So kingdom, princi- so kingdom principles are important for kingdom builders. So they have a great purpose to live. They have great principles to live by, and they have great power to live on. They don't use mere human ability. They don't just merely use their giftings. They use their abilities, they use their giftings, but they continuously soak that in surrender to the power of the Holy Spirit. Your gifting is of no significance and of no effect if it is not soaked in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. Did Rilin's song move your heart? What a beautiful song. Sorry, Rilin, I'm going on on you. It blessed my heart. Why? Because it has been soaked years and years in prayer. And what is soaked in prayer is soaked in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And when it comes out, It just touches people. It blesses people. Kingdom builders have great power to live on. They don't try to source their strength from within, from their human ability, but they source it from God. They acknowledge that, Lord, I'm weak, but you are strong in me. And in my weakness, your strength is perfected. And they begin to see changes happen That would not happen with mere human ability or wisdom. In kingdom builders, great people to live with. You know, kingdom builder always gathers with God's people. Because they know they need that encouragement and they need that accountability. So they're constantly looking, how can I be with the people who will motivate me, who will fuel me, who will encourage me, who will pray for me to keep me faithful to the race that I have been called to run. So here's a just quick recap. A kingdom builder is one who has a great purpose to live for. They have great principles to live by. They have great power to live on. And the great people to live with. Isn't that wonderful? Would you just try to memorize that and tell that to somebody next to you just for your own benefit? Could you just memorize that? Who's the kingdom builder? He's got a great purpose to live for. Isn't that true? Yeah? And you live by great principles. Great power to live on and great people to live with. Yes? Could you just tell that to somebody really quick? I mean, really quick, okay? Come on. Amen? Wonderful. 
But here's what I want to really elaborate today, and I want to really bring out, is how do I use the influence that God has put in me? How can you use the influence that God has put in you? I again want to remind you, there's no question that you have influence. And you have exceptionally high influence. If you're a child of God, you have exceptionally, exceptionally high influence in you. The question is, have you let it hide or have you activated it? Are you using it or are you hiding it? And what I want to help is how you can use your influence to be a kingdom builder. How can you use it? I'm going to share with you a total of 12. Don't worry. Six today. Six the next time when I preach. Are you ready to run with me? Come on, I need your help. You ready? Thank you so much. You're so kind. Okay, great. Here's the first one. I'm repeating me. The first point is a reminder. Can we go to the next slide, please? Thank you. Could you shout that loud? One, two, three. Could you say that again? Come on. Absolutely. You don't ever think, don't ever think that there is somebody who doesn't have influence. You may be surprised in the humbling end one day. Everybody has influence. Yes. Everybody. Now, what you do with that influence, you have currently will determine whether or not your influence will grow. That's the principle of the kingdom. If you use what you have, you will gain what you don't have. If you want it to grow, if you want your influence to grow, you need to use the influence that you already have. You need to activate it. And here's something to encourage you. You have far more influence than you think you do. <laughs> that's, that's what the situation is most of the times. Many times we're not able to realize how much influence we have on people. Now, the reason is, one of the primary reasons, I think, is because we do not have a proper understanding of what is influence. For example, when you look at what the media portrays as influence is actually a firecracker. It's loud, it's bright, it's noisy, it's even smelly, it's polluting, and it's gone. Now, the media portrays that, that is influential, because supposedly some people are able to influence fashion trends, or different kinds of trends, but those are firecrackers. People of influence in the kingdom are able to change things across the generations. They're able to shift things that are so powerful that the very destinies of life, of families, of individuals are changed by the power of God. So here is what is helpful to understand. What influences not? Influence is not a position. Merely. Influence is not a position. So if you are thinking that I need to get a position in the church, or I need to get a position in so-and-so place, or I need to get a position here and there in order to be influential, you do not have 
a proper understanding of what influence is. Influence is not authority. Influence is not fame. Influence is not wealth. You can have one of those and still not be influential. And one of the classic uh, examples of this is a man that I have had the blessing of knowing for a long time. Who, to the best of my understanding, did not ever hold a position in church. Who had some level of authority in the world. He was well known, but not the fame that we understand. And yeah, he's not wealthy. And he's the man who brought me to the Lord. In 25 years that I have known Professor Jude Souza, I have never seen him come up on stage or hold a mic in his hand. But there is no count of the number of people in this city who would tell you directly or indirectly that they have been led to the Lord by this man. My dear friends, you don't need authority to be influential. You don't need position to be influential. You don't need fame to be influential. You don't need wealth to be influential. You need to let Jesus manifest through your life and you will be influential. Everyone, everybody has influence if you and I have Jesus. And that is true. Secondly, God expects me to use the influence he's given to me. God expects me to use the influence he's given to me. When I look at the trends in the world, I'm an ardent reader of newspaper. I regularly read three, the Times of India, the BBC, and the CNN. And when I see the trends that are happening in the world, just personally, in just my own um, ability of sight, capacity, and though it's disturbing to see what's happening in the world, I see that this is the greatest opportunity that the church has to shine bright. The more opposite the world is going, the more darker the darkness. This is the greatest opportunity that you and I have to be a city on a hill. You see, the kings of the earth have everything arranged around them to serve them. It's self-seeking. So you would see, for example, Nehemiah in the Bible was a cupbearer. Well, what would cupbearer do? He would taste the cup, taste the wine before it's given to the king. So if there's poison in it, Nehemiah would be the guinea pig. And the king would be protected. So the kings of the earth have everything designed around them to serve them. Till Jesus came. He just toppled everything. And here is the king who serves. So how does your influence, you, you see, 
in the world, people are saying, I will influence, I will use what I have. Give me a position. Give me an opportunity. But kingdom people make an opportunity. Find an opportunity. And you know what? Just just innumerable number of opportunities to serve. It's just all around us. And if we just start serving in the place you are, you just start serving people, you will find your influence begin to trickle like a stream into the lives of people and bringing refreshing, bringing healing, bringing encouragement, bringing the love of God and changing things all around you. The problem with even Christians is you want to influence from here, but that's not how Jesus influenced. For the Son of God did not come to serve, to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So when we're talking about using influence, you see, when you talk of influence in the world, the way the world understands it, it's always top to down. It's how people see it. You know, I won't change things. <laughs> but Jesus would change things. <laughs> He's always from down to up. He's always, when, you, when Jesus will come to you, he will come to you like he came to Peter. He will go for the dirtiest part of your life. He'll go for your feet. He will go for where you're hurting the most. And that's, that, that extravagant love that lavishness of a king serving is what brings kingdom transformation. So when we're talking about influencing my dear brothers and sisters, don't say, hey, send someone to me. I remember years back, somebody came to Pastor Samir and, and, uh, and, and told Pastor Samir that, hey, uh, Pastor Samir, get all the sick people to me. No, you go to the sick people. Get all the sick people to me. Get everyone to me. No, you're not, in, you're not the center of attraction. Jesus is the center of attraction. He is and he will always be. And he wants to manifest through you. He wants to become visible through you. Just by quietly serving. Can you do that, my brothers and sisters? Can we just be quiet? And serve and see what God can do when his church doesn't have to blow a trumpet, but just begins to serve people. Influence of God will begin to flow through your life and bring transformation all around you. It is slow, but it is sure. God expects me to use the influence he's given me. Second, that's the second. So Jesus challenged us to let our light shine. Why? Because you always have a choice to not let the light shine. <laughs> he said, let your light shine. We always have a choice. We always do. And I want to encourage you. Make that choice, my brother and sister. Oh yeah, and if you're waiting for the perfect time, you know, the season, it'll never come. You serve now. You start influencing people now. And you see how God will begin to endorse you. 
Number three. Here is a connected to the second. My influence is for the benefit of others. When God gives you an influence, it isn't for the purpose of making me or you rich or famous, especially for your own pleasure, for our own pleasure. He gives you influence because he uses people to help other people. Years back, I flipped a CD, early years back. I flipped a CD and I read a quote from the worship leader of that CD that really helped me to align my attitude. And not that I've done it perfectly. No, no, no. I wouldn't make such a disastrous claim. I, we all battle it. Sometimes it's like a daily battle. But what I read in that CD was just like somebody just put the light on. And this was Darlene Jack. You've heard of Darlene Jack? My good friend Darlene Jack. And this is what she wrote, what was quoted in the CD. Success in the kingdom of God is helping others become successful in God. Heaven celebrates the highest serving. Heaven does not celebrate to be served. Heaven celebrates when people serve others. That's why Jesus said, you want to be the greatest in the kingdom? So one day, I still remember, I was on my bed, and I was really uh, kind of going through a period, I was really getting irritated with some people. You know, you know what that feels like? And uh, it was years back, I sat on the bed, and I was having my time with the Lord, worshipping Him, praying, and read the Word, and reading the Word right there in the Gospel of Matthew. What, I felt the Word just kind of engraved in my heart, lovingly by the Lord. He says, Son, you want to be the greatest in the kingdom? I said, yeah, sure, Lord. I want to be the greatest in the kingdom. So you've got to be the lowest and the servant of all. This is the upside-down kingdom. You see, the Pharisees got upset with the disciples as recorded in the book of Acts. Because it says, you guys have turned the world upside down. Pharisees, you're wrong. You see, this world has become upside down for all these thousands of years. Jesus is coming and making it upside right. And we are making it upside right. So, serving. <laughs> Here's what I, what I heard Bill Johnson say. What a blessing. We need to serve as kings and rule as servants. Oh, come on. We need to serve as kings. 
You know, Jesus explained different kinds of serving, servants. He said, for example, you have a servant who is a hireling. Yeah? You're paid to do it. Just do it. Because you paid for it. So I did it. I did my job. But how does... What happens? How is it when a king serves? Think about it. How many of you love to eat food? Like to eat good food? Speak the truth. (laughs) If Jesus would cook for you, How would he cook for you? Amen. How? Just think about it. How would he lay the table? And how would you, how would he welcome you in? And how would he let you sit? Would he pull the chair? What kind of crockery do you think he would put in front of you? Not the one I would put in front of you. And how would he serve you? How does a king serve? How does your king serve? You serve like your king. You serve like your king. And when you, when he gives you the authority to rule, rule as servants. Seek the welfare of those you rule over. See, how can you benefit and bless those around you? How can you make them successful in God? Kings serve lavishly extravagantly, fearlessly. How would a servant uh, serve? Just meagerly, measured, but kings, extravagantly. You are a king. If you think you're a servant, you will serve like a servant, but if you, uh, you know that you're a king, you will serve like a king. So Jesus modeled it for us. Amen. You know, there have been times, very few times in my life that um, where we've met people who just served me and, and they leave you feeling like absolutely like Wow. Like, I don't deserve this. And, and we resist that, you know. And Jesus serves us that way because that kind of serving doesn't just meet your need, it transforms you. And so when we serve people, you know, when we're doing the marriage course, we had a few couples come and say, you know, it 
you know, pastor feels really embarrassed. You, you guys are serving us. I mean, it's such a small, I mean, no big deal, you know. It's really embarrassing. So, I would just tell him one thing. You're really blessed by this experience. He's like, yeah, do it for others. Do it for other couples, in your family, in your relatives, in your neighborhood. Do it for others. If you serve them, Jesus will touch them. Here's the fourth thing. A lot of people don't understand this. <laughs> There's no neutral ground. If I am not influencing people, you complete it. They are... Could you say that loud? I'll say the first part, and you say the second part. If I'm not influencing people... Could you say that again? And I say the first part, and you say the second part. We're doing this so well. We can actually start a choir here. Here we go. One, two, three. If I am not influencing people... Yeah. And immature people don't understand that. Naive people don't understand that. We don't live in a vacuum. We live in a community. Some influence is good, yes. Some of it is bad. You see, if we are unaware of the power that is in us, the power we have to influence, we'll allow our hearts to compromise. Don't underestimate the influence of the world. Uh, during the week, I was going through my messages, <laughs> just the list of my, not all of it in detail, but just going through my list of messages since 2011, right? Being your pastor since 2011, June. So I started going through, I opened all my folders, very systematic, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. So on an average... I, I saw, I preach about 22 to 25 messages only in a year. How many? Yeah, the rest of the weeks I'm not on holiday. Okay, we have guest speakers, other pastors preach. And so I get to speak to you for about an hour. And if, uh, if I'm not conscious of the time, a little about an hour. It gets you irritated. Uh, how many times in a year? 22 to 25. Here's my question. Who's speaking to you the rest of the time? Who are you listening to? And I pray that we should listen to the Lord. Every day. I, I can only meet you once a week. But if you and I hear the voice of the Lord every day, then we will live in the power of His presence and begin to influence people. Otherwise, we will be like righteous. Everybody say righteous. And turn to your neighbor and say, that was an inverted coach. You know what I mean by inverted coach? 
you'll be like righteous Lot, who was righteous technically, but he chose to move away from Abraham, the father of faith, go to the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah to live the cool life. And when the angels went to rescue Lot, he was no longer in the plains, he was within the city of Sodom. And he had influenced nobody there for the kingdom of God. The rescuer had to be rescued. And that's what's happening to the church. The church should be rescuing people, and much of the time is spent in trying to rescue the ones who should be rescuing others. Turn to somebody next to you and say, that really makes life difficult for pastors. So suppose you're on, yeah, I know because a lot of people like that. Suppose you're on Baga Beach. Don't ask me where's Baga Beach. It's not acceptable in this church. Okay? Don't ask me where's Baga Beach. It's not right. Okay? If you don't know what Baga Beach is, you need to come here and repent after the service. <laughs> Okay, and you're on Baga Beach in front of Britos. Okay. Okay. And you know, you've you seen these lifeguards on Baga Beach, crazy guys. And they're constantly calling out to people who are venturing deep into the sea. You know how guys come from all over the place and blowing their whistle, shouting out, calling the people. Now imagine what would happen if you have you know, rescue launched, and you have these guys running to rescue people, and they start drowning. I mean, can you imagine the sight? Can you imagine the chaos? <laughs> can you imagine what could happen? What can happen when church that needs to rescue people from the world begins to drown in that world. You understand what I'm trying to say. But we need to be like Daniel who rise up and stand against the tide and walk against it. And we not only walk against the tide, but God is able to turn the tide because of his endorsement to your stand of righteousness. Amen. And so you need to be like Daniel. We need to be like Joseph. We need to be like Esther. When you decide to take a stand and you step up, God will endorse you. You know, I've, I've, I've kind of been in these, sometimes these marketplace conferences or these marketplace conferences. Uh, seminars, you know, where people are being invited to study biblical principles on how to live out the faith in the marketplace. And one of the common questions that I always know is predictable, um, if somebody in the audience will ask in the Q&A session, uh, what do I do if my boss tells me to lie? What do you do? Say, no, I won't lie. Period. There's no rocket science to it. Or I'm called a cheat. What am I supposed to do? Well, what are you supposed to do? You tell me what you're supposed to do. You didn't know what you're supposed to do? What would Jesus want you and me to do? He wants you to take a stand. 
and say, I won't do that, man. I honor you, boss, but I won't do that. Well, you'll be fired. Okay. And I've known people in our church who have paid the price and God has endorsed them. Because if one door shuts, my God will open another door that's bigger and better. Because if you drown in the place where you're supposed to rescue from, what's going to happen? So if I'm not influencing them, ask somebody next to you, smile at them. Give them that smile. Say, are you influencing or are you being influenced? (laughs) Some are not talking. (laughs) Because right now they are under the influence. Amen? Okay. The fifth. The purpose of influence that you have is to speak up for those who have no influence. Not that they don't carry any influence, but they have been suppressed. Come to Psalm 72, if you may. Psalm 72. I'll read it for you till it comes up on the screen. Please stand up for the poor. Help the children of the needy. Come down hard on the cruel tyrants. In other words, God is telling his people, God is telling his leaders, I want you to be a voice for those who have no voice. I want you to speak up for those who are not allowed to speak up. I want you to speak up for the fatherless, the poor, the oppressed, The orphan, the widows, I want you to be a voice to them. I want you to empower them. I want you to serve them. I want you to support them. Can can we read that together? Because this is really important. Can, Can we read this together, please? Here we go. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. Could you please read along with me? Let's read from the start. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people. Give deliverance to the children of the needy. And crush the oppressed. Crush the oppressor. This is, this, is, this is a prayer for everyone who is a child of God. Because you and I are called to be an influencer on behalf of these people. This is very dear to the heart of God, my brothers and sisters. Very dear. So dear that God would say, when you give to the poor, you just imagine, he says, you lend to me. We need to empower the ones who have no voice, who are weak, who are suppressed, who are oppressed. The purpose of influence is to speak up for those who have no influence. Sixth, and my last point for today. And I want us to really think uh, as we get ready to partake of the table today. I will answer to God one day for how I used my influence. I am, I will answer to God for how I used my influence. What I did on this earth, how I lived my life, 
matters for eternity. You know, just think that almost everything that we have right now, everything that we have, the moment we step into eternity has got zero value. It's got no value. Okay, let's imagine. Just imagine if I'm wearing... Okay, it's not there, but just imagine. What's the most expensive watch? One of the most expensive. Rolex? Sorry? Rolex? Okay. A Rolex with diamonds in it. How much would it cost? Sorry? You've not had one yet? Sorry? How much is the one you wear? The Rolex. 10 lakhs? Okay, 10 lakhs. Throw a figure. Wow. Does it take a lot to earn 10 lakhs? No? <laughs> I want to meet the one who said no. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yes. Pretty expensive, yeah? And uh, suppose I'm wearing my Rolex. 10 lakhs. Me, me, me. And I die. And I stand before God. Hey, it's not there. It's gone. It's of no use. It's of no use. All that money in the FDs. Whoa. It's of no use. It's of no use. You say, Shannon, are you anti-prosperity? No, I'm not. I just look at it from a kingdom perspective. Because God gives so that you can give. To your family. And to the people around you. And especially to the ones who don't have. It's for his kingdom. To whom much is given, much will be asked for. So one day, one day, that day is coming. One day I will go. Whether you like it or you don't like it. Some may like it. Many may not like it. But I'm going one day. And when I go and I meet the Lord, I have to answer what I did with everything He gave me. Did I seek my own pleasure? Was I a selfish Self-centered, self-seeking, worldly-minded, just a labeled Christian walking around? Or did I really know who God thinks I am, see the way God sees me, and make the best of the opportunity that I have on this earth to transform this earth and to gain eternal rewards? Can I tell you something, my brother and sister? As you get ready to come to the table, you have to answer. And you and I will not escape that. Why? Because He gave it to you and me. Amen? <laughs> I want to close with a quote of C.S. Lewis. Can we just close the glare of that light, please? I'm sorry. Thank you. 
if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. I'll repeat one more time. C.S. Lewis, if you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were precisely those who thought most of the next world. It is since Christians have largely ceased to think of the other world that they have become so ineffective in this. We are pilgrims here. We are on a mission here. We have to go. But before we go, let's do something and go. That is powerful. That is kingdom. That will bring great glory and honor to God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So could you quickly recount all the six points I told you without looking at your notes. Uh, okay, you take quick, quickly take 30 seconds. Just go through your point. Just the points. Come on, let's try that out. And I'm going to request uh, Sushira and Nachiket not to help you. Okay, just the six points. Just run through it. All the six points. Quickly. Ready? You think you can do it? I love the way. This was, you know, like the exam. Just before you're going to enter into the, uh, the, the hall. Just <laughs> Such a cool sight. All right. Want to try it out? I like, uh, you know, I like the way some of you are like kind of by-hearting it. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's do it. Come on. Are you ready? Here we go. Come on. Close your books. Look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. Look up. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. <laughs> well, some of you Okay, number three. Wait, 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 no, no googly, no googly, say it together, here we go, one, two, three, for the, okay, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord, number four, fantastic, okay, all right, what is the purpose, what is the purpose, to speak up for those who, and it's not that they don't have. It's not that they don't have, but their influence is being suppressed. And so God expects us to empower them, to lift them up. Last but not the least, one day. Amen. Amen. But I want to encourage you, 
before you meet the Lord, let's meet him now at the table. Let's renew our covenant. Remind ourselves. Remind ourselves. Lord, you've given me life. You've given you blessing. You've made me your child. You've given me giftings and talents. You've given me influence. But the greatest you've given me is you've given me your son, Jesus. You've given me your Holy Spirit. Lord, I want to be an influence. Amen. Take a few moments with the Lord, and then I'm going to request our brothers and sisters to distribute the emblems. Thank you, Lord. Take a few moments. Thank you, God. Lord, we ask you for your grace. Your help, Lord, to to use the influence you've given us. To let our light shine. To let your light shine in us, through us. As you give us the grace to serve people. Not to be served, but to serve. To not hold on to excuses that are meaningless and worthless. But to reject excuses and to step out of our comfort zone. To step into the place of need and concern. So that, Lord, in that place, your love, your kindness, your goodness... Your word would manifest through us. Lord, light never fears darkness. Light simply shines. It's the darkness that fears the light. So Lord, help us to shine our light bright. That we would not complain about darkness. We would not grumble about the darkness. We would not criticize the darkness. We would simply let our light shine. We would simply do what you want us to do. But I pray that today as we come to your table, as we hold these emblems, Lord, remind us of who we are. And I pray that the revelation, yes, Lord, not just information, not information, but the revelation of who we are in you would just grow so bright and strong in our lives. That we would not live our lives based on the opinions of others about us or, or what we have even about ourselves. But Lord, we would see ourselves the way you see us. That our past is forgiven, the slate is clean. Our past has been, we've been ransomed from our past blood of Jesus has washed our past away. Lord, I thank you that we are your children today. That he who believes in your name has been given the right to become children of God. We're ambassadors of Christ. We are your sons and your daughters. We are kings and priests. So Lord, as we sit here holding these emblems... We remember the covenant that you've made with us, Jesus, that you said, this is the blood of my covenant, which is shed for you. 
This is my body which is broken for you. That this covenant, Lord, carries all the blessings and all the promises of all the previous covenants that you've ever made with man. And yet it takes it to an infinite degree of glory and blessing God. That because we are covenant children, you have already given us everything that pertains to life and godliness. That in Christ, we are lacking nothing. The Lord, we will not see ourselves on the basis of what we have now, but on the basis of who we are. And that will change what we have. And that will release every provision and every blessing that we need. Because it has been paid for on the cross. And so healing is ours in Jesus' name. The anointing is ours in Jesus' name. The blessing is ours in Jesus' name. Every financial provision that we need to fulfill our call is ours in Jesus' name. Everything that we need is ours because you have made a covenant with us. And we thank you, Father, for your Son. We thank you, Father, for your great love for us, for your embrace that you will never let go. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are with us, our helper, our teacher, our comforter. We thank you. Would you just take a few moments to thank the Lord? Just in your own words, to worship Him right now, to thank Him. Would you stand up, please, with the emblems? Let's worship the Lord as we get ready to partake of the emblems. Thank you, Father. We bless your name. We worship you. Thank you, God, for your great love for us. In Jesus' matchless name, we pray. And the people say, let's partake of the emblems.
take a few moments as we come before the throne of God's grace. I want you to ask for yourself. I want you to ask the Lord if there's any need right now and any request of prayer. Would you bring it before the Lord right now, my brothers and sisters? Come on, friends. Let's bring it before the Lord. Ask of the Lord. Don't hesitate. Let's approach the throne of God's grace. The Bible says, come boldly. Come boldly and ask of the Lord. Whatever be your need, believe God as sons and daughters. Don't come as servants, but come as sons and daughters who have been called to serve. So ask what you need according to God's will and purpose for your life. Ask what you need according to God's promise in His word for you. Ask. Feel free to ask. Come on. I want to encourage you to stretch your faith. Come on. And let's believe God for miracles to happen where there are impossible situations. Let's believe God for miracles to happen. There's nothing that's difficult. There's nothing that's impossible for God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Come on. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Oh, Lord. Thank you, God. Let me agree with you right now. Father, Lord, every request of prayer that has been brought, God, every need in this place, every expression of faith in the asking, Lord, Father, you've heard it, God. And Father, right now I pray that fulfill your word, O God. You said, uh, Jesus, that whatever you ask the Father in prayer, believing in my name, you will receive it, O God. But two or three are gathered in my name. There am I in the midst of them, Lord. So, Lord, we come to you in faith. And, Lord, as we have asked, Lord, I pray right now, God, agreeing with my brothers and sisters. I'm praying and believing for miracles to happen, God. That you will meet their needs, O God. That you will provide abundantly for what they need for their life. For what they need to fulfill your call and your purpose. So that they be a blessing to the people around them, O God. Oh Lord, I pray that families would be blessed over here. I pray for houses to be blessed over here. I pray for people's ministry to be blessed over here. I pray, O God, for those uh, in their workplaces, God. I pray for your blessing and your favor to manifest in their place of work, O God. The empowerment to be the Daniel, to be the Joseph in the world, O God. To not compromise, but to shine bright. To shine bright for you, my Lord. To shine bright for you. Oh Lord, we bring every need, oh God. And we say, God, we believe that you have heard our prayer. We believe that you will answer. Would you join me in lifting your hands? If you believe that God has heard your prayer, would you lift your hands and give him thanks? Would you just lift your voice and thank him and praise him for his faithfulness? Come on, lift your voice, beloved. Don't feel shy. Believe God. We thank you, Lord. Look to him who's the giver of all good things. Who's the giver of all good things. Who's the giver of all good things? Thank you. Who gives abundantly? Who serves us lavishly? We thank you, Father. We exalt your name. We exalt your name. We magnify you, Lord. Oh, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Would you just pray for the person next to you on your left and right? You don't have to turn to that person, but as you just lift your hands up high to the Lord, would you just pray for the person next to you that God would help them to use their influence? Come on. Would you just pray right now? God, help them. Help my brother, my sister. Help my wife, my husband to use their influence for your glory. Oh God, it would not be self-seeking, but it would be to benefit others for your kingdom, to bring you glory, God. Come on, pray earnestly, beloved. Oh God, that we would be kingdom builders. We would be kingdom builders. Oh God, we exalt you, Father. We magnify you, God.
Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We magnify you, God. We exalt you, Lord. We bless your name. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Oh, God, we magnify you. Thank you, Lord. Come one last time. Let's lift our hands and give God praise. Give God glory. We lift you, Lord. We exalt you. Our great king, our servant king, our king of kings, our Lord of lords. Come on, beloved. Lift your voices. Worship him. Exalt him. What a joy it is to be in the house of the Lord. We magnify you. We bless your name, Lord. We bless your name. We bless your name. We exalt you, God. We bless your name. We exalt you, Lord. We magnify you. There's no one like you, God. 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 We exalt you, Father. Thank you, God. Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. And give you shalom. Now and always. Now and always. Now and always. Abide in the love of the Father. Grow in the grace of Jesus. And grow in the fellowship and the friendship of the Holy Spirit. In the matchless name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And all the people say, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. We magnify you, God. We bless your name. We bless your name, God. Amen.